Hello everyone, welcome to How to Save the World podcast. I'm Waveney Ward. I'm Tim Bat. And super excited, we're here today with Kate Hall from Ethically Kate. Hello. Hello, Kate. Hello, Ethically Kate. Hello, Tim. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm a bit hot and sweaty, but I'm good. <laughs> oh, true. Well, this studio is not going to be a help for that. No, There's this, no this AC is cooler. <laughs> cooler than the outdoors. For now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, you are only 23. Yes, yep, just turned 23 a little you're, while ago. You're already married, you've already sold off a really successful business, uh, and you're here today because you're quite possibly New Zealand's most influential ethical social media star. You've got over 15,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> this is news to Kate. We're, we're tell, this is like an award show. <laughs> I like to give a good introduction. I want to bring my mum. <laughs> hey, mum. Some person said... Um, yeah, and you're founder of Ethically Kate website, which is one, actually one of my most favorite websites. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's very flattering. So welcome to the show and thank mm. you so much for coming. It's a pleasure to be here. Mm. It's a beautiful little spot. From my uh, not as advanced knowledge of all the things that you do as, as Waveney has, you focus on the fashion industry a lot. You've got other aspects as well for the, the things that you do, but you're like, a, a good influencer for a change. Yeah, well, I've even tried to scrap the word influencer recently. Then I apologise for no, using no, no. it. No, don't, don't, don't <laughs> apologise. It, it explains the type of thing because that's what we know what it, you know, it's yeah. a term, it's, it's, it's a term, term right? Yeah. But I have tried to um, change the word influencer to inspirer. I like um, that. Because I think influencer can mean you just get a whole lot of free stuff every day and just like throw it around and take some edited pictures and do you know what I mean? Like, it's a ghastly business. It's like, it, it, it's become a little bit, um, yeah, too shallow from when you say the word influ- Instagram influencer. Yeah. You can, like, it's not, in my circles, it's not really a positive kind of term or yeah. a job to have. So Instagram inspirer kind of, I feel like, hopefully describes a bit more what I do um, because I'm not just, um, influencing people to like buy this, buy that, do that. I'm um, inspiring people, so I'm trying to educate them because then they will do those things and inspire them and in, you know their habits and their life choices rather than just you know buy this uh, mm. bronze well, more thing, more thing. Tell yeah. us the bronze. <laughs> Should I buy the bronze tan? No, <laughs> no. What? And also stay out of the sun, <laughs> and but just don't tan. Just live with your body. <laughs> what nice? Okay, that good. is inspiring. There you go. <laughs> what here. like direction are you trying to throw people in towards? Yeah, so I did, like you said, I I started actually with fashion. So I think ethical fashion will always be an underlying kind of undercurrent of all with, all that I do. Um, but it kind of, it started with me being like, who made my clothes? Where do my clothes go after um, I'm done with them? What is the impact? Because we're all wearing clothes. That's something we all have in common. Um, I mean, there's some nudist colonies out there, but majority of us wear clothes. Pretty much. Yeah. And so then I started asking, well, then who made my food? Where does my food go? Where is all this plastic going? What the heck is recycling? Like, you know, is it working? Is it actually going to these places? Um, And then I just kind of took people on that journey um, and it turned out they wanted to listen. I had honestly never been a social media person and I still laugh at myself and my family (laughs) laughs even more at myself. Um, But I had never been in that world. I don't think I would be sharing if it wasn't for a purpose. Um, And I just started, I just couldn't not talk about it. Um, and then it's evolved and now kind of it's been a real yeah. journey like yeah, four years totally. 
roughly? Yes, yeah. It kind and things of, have sort of just been exponentially yeah, growing. You've, yep. And you've got a mate who takes some beautiful photos. Yes. Oh, Melissa from Nectar Photography is, she's been a good friend for ages. When um, she kind of first started out on her own, I just helped her as I wasn't ethically Kate at that time. I was Kate Hall, as I still am. But you know, that wasn't an entity that I that I yeah, yeah, yeah had begun. And then we've started yeah collaborating and kind of doing some really fun creative things. She loves the outdoors and also has um, quite a kind of eco friendly lifestyle, if you call it that. So yeah, it's really fun being in this space and collaborating collaborating with other creatives. Mm, mm. Cool. And and can you just take a moment to talk us through your Ethically Kate website? Because that yes. is packed with really, not just like, oh, that's interesting, but really helpful mm. stuff for people that are trying to especially shop for their clothing sustainably. Yeah, yeah. So the website is something I hopefully in the new year I will really like revamp too but basically um it's broken down into the blog space which is where I write um I write for a lot of other companies as well for a while I tried to post um and link to all of those places that I write for but I write for up to I write up to like 30 articles a month sometimes so that became quite time consuming um but that's where I post um yeah anything from this is a bikini I've tried for a year and this is great or um, how to like travel with less impact on the planet or um, what I'm working at the moment, um, going deep into what is commercial compost and what is domestic and oh, yeah, cool. things like that. So I write about products, but also, yeah, just about how to live your life, interviews with people. So there's a blog space, there's a shop site, which hopefully um, is helpful for people to shop if they want to go on and they go to menswear or home and, and lifestyle it's, it's not the you because i went on your website and clicked yep. on the shop site expecting it to be like every other website where it's got like ethically got, kate merch yes, but that's not yeah. what it is no it's no like it takes you straight to endorsed by you right mm-hmm. so when you click on it will take you straight to the website of that shop that i have collaborated with worked with in some way or i've bought from their shop and think others should know about it too and i try my best um to get discount codes for people because then that means you know, if they're deciding, should I buy this eco-friendly soap or not, mm. um, it can kind of help push people over the edge. Yeah. Um, so I have a discount code page too and a little thing I'd like to develop, which is um, learn so people can learn about other people doing similar things um, to me or just a space that um, I'm really, really all about learning. I do each week. I post my weekly learnings on Instagram and just, yeah, this whole idea of continuing to learn um, and acknowledging the fact I don't know everything. So, you know, even even though I've been in the space for a while and um, probably know quite a few things from my experience I've had, um, we're all still learning. So we need to. Mm. Learn and things are changing all the time too, like especially Definitely. in fashion, there'd be new um, brands oh, and labels totally. popping up. And, yeah. And, um, it, that's you know when I said that your website is one of my most favourite. That's the reason actually is because you've got a really good, a big enough range, a broad enough range for it to be useful. Like for a while there, what would it be talking like sort of five to ten years ago? incredibly frustrating I guess that's when Mm -hmm. I just developed my default which is still today of just op shopping Mm -hmm. because it's a nice easier way of finding ethically based clothing Mm -hmm. just completely shortcutting the buy new thing because just trying to Google like just trying to buy like a plain organic t-shirt was almost impossible they all had like you know Kill the machine logos totally. on them. Or, or they're all tie dye. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do tie dye. I'm so. Some people can do tie dye, but oh, that's so funny. So it's, it's this like, only a recent phenomenon that like 
normal looking clothes are ethical. Some tie-dyed hemp. Yeah, yeah. If newsflash, so you can look fashionable yeah. and it not be made by slave children. And if you <laughs> tried to find stuff um, previously, like I don't know mm. when we're talking, when the transition would have been over the last few years, I suppose, it'd be like you would just be find by find. You'd find one mm. thing and then you'd be like, oh, bugger, it's in the UK. Because, of course, with Googling, you don't necessarily know straight up. You're like, oh, this looks perfect. And then it's only when you sort of dig a bit deeper. Um, so having something that is a hub, which mm. is over sort of some sort of a threshold so that it's almost like a mall that's that same sort of mall threshold it's like even mm. if you don't like malls you find yourself there mm. because you know you can just walk in and get the thing you want so mm. it's convenient and yes that's yeah. that's i think you've got there which Trying is to, well cool. I, I think i have a long way to go but i'm working on it um, it's it got there isn't got over the line got over it's, the line. it's yes. useful it's yeah. a really oh, useful I'm really tool glad to hear it. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I'm just taking it back. What kind of when you make that choice that yes, I'm going to put a brand on my website um, and therefore endorse it mm-hmm. as ethical. Mm-hmm. What's the bar like? If I'm as going on, I don't know anything about this stuff. I I believe in you, Kate. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to click on these things and just trust that it's all good. Yeah. So. Um, I recently published this actually, so that people know exactly how I work with brands because. Um, now it's become kind of like part of my job. So I spend hours creating content with my friend who's a photographer, hours writing and researching. I still do a lot of volunteer work, but when I'm partnering with with a brand, um, they pay me for my time and acknowledge, you know, the efforts I've gone through. So what happens first before, like, uh, unless it's a brand I've personally already looked into, I send them a list of email questions and they will ask things, obviously depending on if it's, toilet paper or a dress um it will ask things about their fabrics um or you know the materials that their products made with um the ethics around who has been involved in the entire production of that product um around their shipping so what they ship their products in if they have like carbon neutral in terms of like their company or their shipping systems um, where will the product go at the end of its lifetime? Have you thought about that? A lot of them often haven't or they're working on it. And mainly these questions, I want to see that they are thinking about it because, like you said, we're not all perfect and brands are not perfect. But I want to hear the people who are actually um, pushing forward and change. You know, like um, Proper Crisps is someone I've worked with recently. They have been the first to have compostable packaging on their chips. Not all of their range is compostable packaging. They had to obviously trial some first. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't about to be like, oh, no, you still have plastic on these. You know, they are revolutionary in that new packaging system and it will just only move forward. So it's kind of like I look for a level of transparency in these answers because then I know that, these people are legit that they're able to own up to what they're not doing tell me what they want to do um, and I form a relationship with them we usually have an in-person meeting or a Skype or something um, and it's, it's a lengthy process because that can happen but then um, I can see their product or something and I don't um, personally back it or it's not doesn't fit in with you know, so this or... feels like you've got probably quite a good BS detector. If you get a yes. set of answers email yep. back where it's like we do all of this amazing totally. stuff, you're yep. like, I policy, don't policy, buy it. policy. You know, just like mm. a few words thrown in. Then definitely. But um, if someone a brand owns yep. up to 
we want to be here, we're not uh-huh. here yet. Yep. That's quite attractive too. Definitely. You. And if they're able to send, some of them send like detailed of their, detailed reports of their last audits from their factories or like pictures of the last trip that they went on to visit it. Um, but I have, you know, just like everything can always change. You know, imagine if the company sounded perfect and then I, I'd have like up to a month of trialing a product. Mm. So at any time, no matter if someone's saying, I'm going to pay you a million dollars, which... You know, that would be lovely. But, um, you know, it's no matter... It's ethicallykate.com if you want to get in touch with them, you know, you've got a mill. No matter what they're wanting to do, I will say no. And I have constantly, not constantly actually, because like my BS detector is really good now. But, you know, we'll just be like, nah. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's my name I'm putting on mm. it. These are people who, who you know, like trust me. And I can't I can't have like crappy products in my life for one. That's not sustainable. Mm. Um. Financially, yeah. it's not and sustainable either because you're just shortchanging. Totally, your that would brand. be, that, yeah. and that's what I see. Um, obviously, this is generalizing. There's amazing Instagram influencers Spill out there. The but, tea, Kate. <laughs> Who are you going to drag on this podcast? <laughs> no, but that's what I see a lot of um, influencers doing. It's how much will you pay me? Mm. This is what I will then do for that, and this is more like um, like I still do for a lot of. A lot of small companies, you know, we just work it out however we can. Um, but I realized it was pretty ironic the amount of hours I was earning. I was working, sorry, and the amount I was doing for people who believed in fair wages. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. like, and yeah. I was like, wow. And then that, that whole self-care thing got into play. I yeah. have a tendency to sometimes, not anymore now I've got this new, you know, but to run myself into the ground, you sure. know, for other people, um, especially when it gets to this kind of scale, you have to have some benchmark things yeah because um, i can't continue doing this research and offering people this stuff without sustaining myself well that's the thing the word yeah. sustainability seems <laughs> totally. applicable at every kind mm-hmm. of level of this mm-hmm. including yourself yes and even same for brands sometimes i will see i'll see uh, the most amazing um like supply chain transparency and the most amazing work they're doing either locally or um, somewhere offshore and um, they close down within a year or two because they haven't factored in that the they have to model. pay their rent in a, in New Zealand. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. they have to actually also feed their families. Mm. Um, and it's not that the work you're doing is any less like genuine or good. Um, you have to put your seatbelt on before you put the others when mm. your plane's crashing, you know, like, so yeah. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. So going back to your question about how I audit brands there's quite a lengthy process which obviously takes a lot of time and not all of them yeah go through that but my bs detector is improving every every day um Mm. yeah and it's really it's it's fun one of fun fun. oh that's good yeah (laughs) like fun you're like a detective (laughs) <laughs> you know? and you meet the most incredible people and you like some of these brands they've now become like my best friends you know like they just yeah they become the people i hang out with that's kind really of cool. the coolest thing that i've found because this whole world's very new to me as mm-hmm. well um that's been the coolest bit is just connecting up with people and and it's like no one's perfect that doesn't exist there's no one doing stuff perfectly yep. but there's all these people who are real awesome people oh yeah trying chillers mm. yeah. and they're just doing their best yeah definitely and they're trying to figure it out and um generally speaking they're really cool people as well because they're sort of very open-eared to new information and to change mm. and they can learn things mm-hmm. which is 
those people are a lot nicer to be around than people who have an incredibly stuck mindset and like, yeah. no, I'm right, you're wrong. I will not accept mm-hmm. new information. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's it's cool to connect with people who are a bit mm. um a bit open and changeable. Oh yeah, I learn so much every every day. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Can we take a bit of a zoom out? And yes. I would love to know how you got into like, what's your background? What's your story that this became an interest for you? I saw on yeah. your website that you do you live in. Mongolia for two years? Yes. Yep. Tell, tell us all about that, mate. What's yeah. the origin story of this? So, um, and I've been trying to trace this back. It's it's actually quite embarrassing because I only kind of realized how my upbringing fully impacted what I do today. In the last few years, I was always like, oh, yeah, no, I just learned this because I watched um, the True Cost documentary, which you can find for free on Netflix. Everyone has to watch it, um, which is about the fashion industry's impact on people and planet. Um, I watched that in August 2015, and that was the kind of catalyst for me. But before then... Like I've grown up thinking everyone has a compost bin. Um, I've grown, you know, with parents who did. We flew as a family to Mongolia um, as a family of five when I was nine years old um, for two years. So even just, I think that initial um, kind of like experience of there's another world out there. Um, we have a global community that we have the responsibility to look after mm. because, you know, you'd see people, you, you have to grow up a lot when you're in those situations. You yeah. can't just walk to the mall. Like you have to walk to the mall, um, understand you may be pickpocketed. You need to be always like very aware. Like you're probably going to, there's more chances of being hit if you cross a pedestrian crossing. You just <laughs> have to, you know, like be The world is a really different place on. out there. Totally. And so I think, yeah, even understanding and seeing different people there who are as passionate about the world or changing things as you, but they're just in a situation which they genuinely just can't, you know, no matter how hard they try. I feel like that kind of, yeah, instilled in something for me that I have a voice. I've always loved communicating. Um, so it would kind of be a disservice if I didn't really advocate for these people. Um, and so particularly the fashion industry because I've loved clothes. I think that was just that tipping point, watching the documentary mm. and being like, like, sure, I've always shopped secondhand and I'm not really someone who enjoys just going to the mall. But, like, this is it. This is, you know, from that day, genuinely. Um, obviously, I would never encourage someone to change overnight because you need, you know, to make slow changes. Sure. But from that day with fashion for me, I was like, I can't, I, I cannot on my conscience be supporting that. Um, and, you know, when you buy something, you are supporting that company. Mm. You know, you're yeah. telling them to keep going. So you just worked it out. Yeah. Just so I just edited it up in your head, yep. and you were like, and I actually felt a different. You know, some you know those like light bulb moments. Yeah. Like there's yeah. not many in yeah. life that you yeah. actually feel quite dramatically different. Um, and that was it. And then it kind of became my life purpose. I guess. Is the yeah, name of the yeah. doco again? The true yeah. cost. The true fish. cost, yes. which yeah. we have the covered um, when we did our clothing episode. Um, that was where a lot of our yes. inspiration and facts that, yeah. came from. Yeah, I've been listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their fast fashion stuff uh, is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Like it absolutely is, yeah. crazy. Fashion for you has mm-hmm. been a particular thing because you've always loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was. I was that little kid. Apparently, I don't really remember. 
super well when I was super young, but I was the kid who would um, strip off at random moments and change my outfit like five times. I know a kid you like know? that. Yeah. <laughs> that is a thing because I was never like that. I was yeah. always the kid squirming out of mum trying to put me in a dress yes, for a special yeah. occasion yeah. Um, and getting just frustrated because yeah. I couldn't um, climb a tree in these constricted yes. clothes. And you see children <laughs> that are just completely the opposite. Yes. And so doing I, I, amazing things. Five-year-olds that have yeah. grabbed their you know, father's socks and made an amazing <laughs> scarf just to complete the outfit. So, yeah. I was quite a um, tomboy, is that a word you'd still use? Sure. Um, when I was in my kind of like early teens days, I had like the shortest hair you could imagine. Probably as long as your hair, Tim. True. Yeah. And I was just really just like, super, which is why I laugh that I'm like on social media and like pretty <laughs> things. But I love it. Like I, yeah, I've really, yeah, evolved into that. It's cool. And is it like, because so you've got this huge following and people really do respond to not just the generic, I like this brand stuff, but it's your personal touch, I guess. And mm. that connection that you, you, you're quite open, aren't you? Yeah. You're vulnerable with people. You talk about the yeah. hard stuff. What's that like? Yeah. Well, I, I think that goes, yeah, hand in hand with if you're going to educate and teach people and if you're going to ask them to be vulnerable about you know, their own habits and reflect on what they need to change, um, then you need to give the same to them too. So, yeah, I'm not just um, sharing about kind of businesses or that type of stuff all the time. Um, I'm giving people insight into my life, Your life as well. Yeah. And I do think when people understand that I'm just a normal human who has a dog and two birds and, you know, like does all the normal you know, stuff. Um, it makes it also people understand that it is totally doable. You're not um, out living in a commune somewhere exactly. with your own sewing yet, together, like yet. hemp <laughs> <dress>. <laughs> yeah. Working, yeah. working, working toward to, it. Yeah, yeah got gotcha. No, some, a, a part of me could easily do that right now, to be honest. But Don't tell I, people that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Censor <laughs> ourselves. I think, though, there like we can't all do that. Like, we just realistically cannot. Or, so we need to make changes just like, simple ones um and it does actually come at a personal cost for me all of this you know sharing openly stuff mm. um because you have to talk about some you have to be honest in your failures in front of thousands of people <laughs> you have to be open and honest in some like personal things and you're kind of um it's also a balance between how much do i share of you know like my friends and family like i want to respect true. their you know their privacy too of course um but often that's what people ask the most about is like kate i live with flatmates how the heck do you get them on board mm. um and also like there's different things which i have openly shared a lot of the most heated discussions with my husband have been about these topics because they're super close to my heart and we're all on different journeys mm. and so you know it's like you, you want to be vulnerable so people can learn but it really does um i take some time off sometimes because it can suck kind of the life out of oh, you, you or to, feel right? like such a big weight because mm. also when there's so many people listening, um, you really can't screw it up. <laughs> I think <laughs> you, you don't want to say the wrong info. Such a more um, mature and hopefully like effective way to communicate using these platforms mm. like Instagram because mm. I mean that whole thing with the dirty word of influencer, it's all tied mm. up with giving this very glossy depiction yes, of one I specific bit of your life where it's True. all the moments going really mm. well and everything mm. looks really perfect mm. and all of that. 
and to pull back the curtain a little bit and be like, yep. hey, guess what? It's a shit show here as well. Totally. Just like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we're trying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But even though I, I was asked the other day, is it, do you have the pressure to stay positive? Because that's one of my things. Because huh. I think. That's a good question. Yeah. Like, is, that, is there a pressure to be positive online? Um, and I was initially, I was like, no, there's not. Like, because I am quite a positive person. Like, at the best of times, I, and I also think um, you can't like bash someone with negativity if you want them to make change or to rethink their opinions. Mm. But then I rethought it and I was like, actually, yeah, when I'm having a really tough time or like something is personally really tough, like I often won't share about it because I don't want people to like think, oh, she, you know, she's, she's wanting attention or, she, you know, like, sure. or you or don't want to be a downer. Because if you know you people want are wanting to change, essentially when they're mm. in a positive state, mm. you're like, oh, well, if I share this, yeah, then it's yeah. just a. Yeah. So I try to keep a balance. Like I post um, about that, the 40 people um, passing away over the weekend and yeah, it's kind of like we still have to be hit with reality checks and this we still need to. Something yeah. that Wave and I talk about a lot on this show is like trying to tease out how much mm. of that very depressing but very, you know, true information yeah. of what's happening out there do you um, put out yeah, into the, the world? Yeah, the balance, eh? Because yeah. it can turn yeah. people off. Yeah. What, like, what have you found doing this for as long as you have? What do people respond to? What is effective with actually penetrating yeah. through? Well, I you know, think about like your target audience I guess because also not everything you say everyone will relate to mm. or want to hear um which is awesome because we're all doing our own ways of communicating about this topic right I think there needs to be a balance of obviously keeping in reality so not being like oh the world is so great we'll you know we'll just we'll just continue as per yeah. normal um but my audience I want to hit the people who um don't have never heard of the, these topics yeah. before. Yeah. I, I want to yeah. be that like that gateway drug that people go, hang on a minute, she looks like a pretty normal person who's having a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> you and know? now she's telling us about she 40 doing? people who died mm -hmm. in mm. Bangladesh, yeah, I'm yeah. assuming, or somewhere similar. Exactly, but you kind mm. of like, rather than being like, um, Your these people horsing. died, you guys are all terrible because you're still buying fast fashion. It's like, yeah. these people died, this is the reality, this is fueling me to continuing in my positive and conscious clothing habits um i hope it continues you know with you too and i even said it would be amazing if you could kindly um let your friends and family know about this incident mm. you know because um and i say the word kindly because yeah you need to be kind that's in your a, conversations that's an adjective doing True. a lot of heavy lifting yes mm. yeah yeah so mm. i think yeah i try to just be on that edge um yeah, which obviously some people don't like. They can, you know, it's, it's take, tricky, it or, right? take it or leave it. Yeah. But mm. you're, you're right. There is a responsibility, I think, to mm. getting that information out there to people who haven't been exposed to yeah. it. And also you kind of do form the crowd around you or the audience that you've got, Definitely. you know, by the choices yeah. that you make. So yeah. if everything's too sugar glossed, yeah. um, then it's, yeah. you know, they're probably not going to be the, the greatest audience yes. to get the word out anyway. Totally. And you, I, I really am sick of preaching to the choir. You know, mm, like mm. just to the same people, which I try to think, you know, I could be an extremist on these things. Like a, lo a lot of me is <laughs> gets quite extreme. But then I think, well, if I influence 15,000 people to make one little change, you know, like if I influence um, 15,000 people to um, cut down their meat consumption by 50%. 
that would be awesome. Do I you know saw what I mean? a like, great quote on this on yeah. Facebook um, over the weekend. Someone posted, I might screw up the quote, but it's like, it was about zero waste. I know the quote. Did you see that yes. post? Yep. Yep. Did you, can you remember it? Um, it's better to have um, we don't need the whole world doing yeah. zero waste imperfectly yeah. than a small group of a people, small doing, it yeah. people we, doing zero we waste don't, perfectly. We don't yeah. need you doing zero waste perfectly. Yep. We need everyone doing zero waste imperfectly. Totally, yeah. We've got that quote on a door. It's the size of a door uh, and massive font, mm-hmm. almost a foot high. Um, at our recycling centre cool. in uh, Snell's Beach. That's so good. That quote, word message. for word. It's, uh, Everywhere. it's so good, though, because it's true, because also, like, you can't be zero waste in our current society, and maybe not ever, depends what you determine waste. You know, the second I breathe, that's it's a like, very that's high carbon dioxide. Okay. You know, like, sure. so, so it's also when, yeah, if we just try to do our best with what we have, because everyone has different amount of, you know, like resources or situation they're in, you know, especially in terms of like medicines and different things like that. It's really quick to judge if you don't need to, you know, rely on those things. I but think if everyone can focus on improvement, definitely. That's the yeah, big I, thing, right? that's what I reckon what, too. Yeah. It's like it's a direction I think yeah. that we're facing, and it's like, well, which direction are you chasing? Are facing? And it's like you mentioned about how if you could get fifteen thousand people to just do one small thing, but mm. it's way more than that they might it might just be one small thing that they do but mm-hmm. what is actually really key is this shift totally. that direction and it's it, that's almost the hardest thing to do mm-hmm. is to shift someone's orientation around Definitely. so they're facing a whole different world yeah and go okay well i'll take just one small step yep. in that direction but it's that first they step that is totally. so key. yeah yeah, yeah. even people uh, there's something about the statistic of people who just use a, a keep cup a mug um go on to do bigger and better things <laughs> like gateway, of, gateway drug it is you know like as simple as maybe just their office gives them a cup they start to think as they're waiting in line you're like oh this is a reusable maybe when i get my takeaways i should be yeah. reusable cont- you know so it's really interesting. Can mm. I ask you a question about your sort of area of expertise? Mm-hmm. How look, How's New Zealand doing fashion-wise in this yep. sort of a space? Because it seems to me, the completely uninitiated, um, that New Zealand seems to do quite well in this area. And we seem to have quite a lot of designers who are focused and quite conscious on the mm-hmm. ethical context of um, where the materials are coming from and how the textiles are produced and and all the sort of things that are termed externalities, you know, to the yep. process normally. How's New Zealand rate? How do we rate? So I think it depends on who you ask. Um, I personally would say that we are good, but we're not as good as the world thinks that we are. Right. Mm. You have been along to New Zealand Fashion Week. Yes. A couple of times, eh? And yep. this year were, the theme was sustainability. Yes. Yep. It was. So does that tie in was with what Tim's saying? Was it legit or was it greenwashing? Yeah. Um, a, a bit of a mixture, to be honest. Um, it was really cool, the conversations that were had. So they opened up some panels of experts to, you know, discuss things rather than just, there's another fashion show, there's another, you know. Um, and it was called the different, yeah, stances people took, though, without literally going deep into their supply chain, you know, you don't know. How do you know? How do you know? Yeah. Though I, I think that New Zealand does have the ability to lead in this space because we're so small and we're teaming up together. Um, I run an ethical fashion business New Zealand group and there's about 80 um, New Zealand brands and we kind of oh, try great. to meet every month and just team up together and it's really encouraging 
Yeah, seeing all those connections and people develop. And these are people presumably who are sort of competitors, right? Yes, but a lot of them, totally. They're all focused on yep. this one goal. Yep. They're sort of banding together. And- is this in the fashion sector? Yes. Yeah. And is there a public face to that or is it you you literally just getting together uh, and meeting and talking yeah, yeah we have kind of like a facebook group and then we um skillshare and um kind of collaborate but also show, socialize because a lot of these people are small new zealand's so small we're often you know every designer even the big new zealand names who asked just started as a one woman band usually yeah, yeah. Uh, i say woman because predominantly a lot is predominantly yeah. in this space um at the moment um yeah, so we just come together as well because we're all, you know, just working away. Mm. Do those discussions get pretty deep about things like supply chain and yeah. do you swap about sourcing, that kind of thing? Yep, some people will um, buy um, fabrics and things together um, because often it's a their minimums of the fabric they can buy is so right. extravagant. So, you know, if five people team up, then, you know, that works. So I, I think because of the size of New Zealand, in one sense, it's really easy for us to like take the lead on this, but then also because of our limited amount of fabric options in New Zealand and limited population and limited and population, base, right? or even even like um, like textile recycling and things like that. New Zealand just doesn't we hardly have the infrastructure to recycle a lot of our like True. common household recycling. Yeah. So how are we going to afford the infrastructure to you know like have these big steps and create these different types of fabric and um yeah recycling systems so yeah so it's a bit of a mixed it's bag it's a bit of a mixed bag because we can communicate really easily and team up as a country but the logistics of being kind of a small island on the other side of the world yeah, it's quite it a refreshing bit. to hear the non-BS version of this. Yeah, because I and think there's a lot of people in New Zealand fashion who you ask and says, "No, we're great. Yeah. Here's why we're number yeah. one. Here's all the amazing things yeah. we're doing." Well, you mentioned when you asked the question, there's a lot of New Zealand designers, right? So a lot of New Zealand, it's New Zealand de- designed in New Zealand, mm. which means someone in New Zealand designed this concept. Mm. But where was it made? Yeah, especially shoes is um, a very hard one to find made in New Zealand. Yeah, I'll so. Bet. Designed, yeah, means just a completely different thing. Um, is there really like I've got no idea the the scale of this? Is there any kind of textiles or, or clothing manufacture that happens in New Zealand these yes. days? Yep, um, definitely. Like even along Ponsonby Road, actually, a lot of all the clothes are made just in the store above. Right, um, so it's pretty high end stuff, generally yes, speaking. Yep. Yeah, that is quite yeah high end thing. I guess it has to be right. Yes, though this a lot is the of trade off for giving people proper pay yes, and working conditions. And totally. Whatnot. Yep. Yeah, though just because something's expensive doesn't mean it's ethically made. And the same, you know, way the other... That's a good note. Same goes, yeah, the other way. But um, you do pay the true cost. And often if it's a designer, you're paying the true cost of that label. Yes. You know? Um, But yeah, there are... um, There definitely is still clothing manufacturing in New Zealand. A lot of the places, for example, go back to Ponsonby, um, they have a limited knowledge of where their fabrics are from. Mm. So that's if, if you are wanting to trace your clothing from seed to garment, as you call it, um, that can be yeah a little bit more difficult. This is the fashion equivalent of farm to table. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That is <laughs> exactly it. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I have aspirations to go to um, travel with all my carbon emissions from my plane offsetting, which is another conversation. Um, but to, to travel to see it. Um, and see it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, to, like, actually see that a cotton mill and yeah. all. To I've have seen, someone like yourself mm, that's so good at communicating, it would be amazing be just so to have awesome. you as a conduit for the rest of us. Mm. Is that a thing that's happening internationally? People 
doing those deep dives, third-party certification organizations, people who are kind of watchdogging this a little bit. Are yep. they out there? They are, definitely. Obviously, you know, some companies will have their own auditing systems and then there'll be independent parties going in. Um, I actually have a really good friend who is a sustainability consultant who's like on the ground throughout Europe, Indonesia, um, everywhere. And she is such a wealth of knowledge because um, often I'll, I'll tell her, um, particularly I've been talking to her about bamboo fabric recently, um, which I've stayed clear of, but now have been, yeah. Oh, ta- some... what's, what's the deal with bamboo? Well, yeah, anyway. Because I've heard it's, it's no good because yeah. of the really crazy yeah. chemicals. Which is, you, we mentioned earlier about you learn new things, right? Yeah. So if you asked me three years ago, I'd be like, oh my gosh, bamboo is so amazing. And then you learn, obviously, if you picture a bamboo plant, it's thick. Like, yeah. it is strong. Yeah. You're not going to break that very easy. It's like wood. <laughs> yeah. It's like wood. Well, I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> it's a grass, though. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Bamboo is technically gra- a grass. Oh, there we go. It's, a, it's a strong grass. <laughs> there we go. Um, so to turn that into a fabric, I don't know if you've seen bamboo fabric before, but it's soft, softer yeah. than most cottons. Right. Um, and it's suspiciously soft. Yeah. So chemicals have to be involved to turn that into a fabric. And a lot of them are like, you know, closed loop or recycled um, recycled systems, which mean those chemicals don't get into the environment, right. into the environment, or they use different types of chemicals, which are better or worse. And so I've been trying to figure out, can we have clothes made with bamboo? And there's actually kind of an okay way to do it. Yeah. Do you know, um, this is yeah. exactly, and I don't know what the solution to this is, but mm. this is exactly the kind of thing that I think people get really frustrated about because totally. they go I want to do the right thing and I thought this was it and now you're telling me it isn't so I agree it's I give like up. It's so exactly many it. the thing with yeah. bamboo is that so many people just go oh this is a great gift to give yeah. Waveney who's into the environment stuff <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, people totally. thinking that it just sounds sustainable mm. it d- and that's actually one of my biggest problems with bamboo too is because people can just say bamboo Stick that on. Great buzzword. Because bamboo like grows without pesticides and with not much water and all that, you know, like. It's like, what are they not saying? Yeah. You've got to be such a. Exactly. I think, I reckon we kind of need to go a bit easy on people with that stuff because it's that whole thing of their hearts in the right place. Oh, absolutely. Totally. Yeah, like 100%. 100%. I'm not, sorry if that sounded like a criticism because it isn't. Like, it it is. It's just this frustration of everybody going oh this sounds like a cool thing jumping into it you, you under start to understand some key words like local yeah um but still not understanding yes. what necessarily what that might mean um mm. so yeah i've learned a lot from my friend who's kind of on the ground so she's able to see you know she's been to all these different bamboo manufacturing plants <laughs> that's probably the wrong yeah, no, terminology we'll but we'll go with that um and so, you know, she can actually see what happens um, and give me insight into, you know, these like different certifications companies are giving me and kind of, yeah, be really good about that. But I've even learned things like bamboo is grown as a monoculture usually. So it's all one. And so you even think about that. It's much better if it's wild harvested mm. because the monoculture um, isn't good for the, you know, biodiversity and for the land. And so you're kind of, it's so complex. Constantly navigating. So complex. Yeah. Which like, kind of comes, because the cotton oh. would be the same, right? Like anything, surely, yeah, but would then be you pretty think, much grown like that. Yes, yes. But then you think, 
the way that cotton is produced is some bamboo better than some cotton, you know, than yeah. than um, just your mainstream conventional cotton or You've is gone organic, down the you know, hole. like you, then you try to weigh up. It's kind of like you're trying to find good the, on you for going so there because I think I have opted out. It's really hard, and I, I mm. love that you you're you're pretty much putting your life energy into being able to nut this all out for us, which is so cool. I've just gone, I'm going to op shop it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is good. But it's I know, I, lo- I, I know, and it's like, it's frustrating. Too. Yeah, it's so frustrating, mm-hmm. constantly wearing things that don't quite fit. But there's the thing, I think it's like the frustration that I can hear in your voice about trying mm-hmm. to determine if this thing is, is better than this thing and if it's actually like, you know, in some ways a net good, if we should be using bamboo, if we should okay. be using organic cotton, what have you. Like... It does, that frustration, I think, comes from this perfectionist mindset of mm. like, we've got to get this exactly right. Yes, and it's like, yeah. very commendable goal, absolutely. But you're going to give yourself a stroke before 30 <laughs> if mm. you live like yep. that. Mm. Oh, and definitely. you've got to just be like a little bit easy on yourself and go like, I will read, I will listen, I will yep. find out, I will ask the questions, I will research yep. this. I am totally. prepared to be wrong and to change yep. my habits yeah, and definitely. to hear from different sources and stuff. Definitely. But mm. um, it's such a commendable goal to be looking for this ultimate thing. But it's sort of, I think, such a big thing in this space that you're in of environmental communication that Waverney's in as well, but especially with like someone who's in their early to mid twenties, mm. like that whole self care thing, mm. it, it, you, mm-hmm. you start to get a sense of why it's so part and parcel of it. Cause you can really stress totally. yourself out. huh? Oh yeah. I feel like a lot of my messaging, especially in the last six months has been like, you cannot, you cannot like try to live this lifestyle without slowing down. Like you can't, I talk a lot about like mindfulness and yoga in a very like basic, less like spiritual way than probably a lot of people would talk about it. But I've found that, um, you know, I can't continue to understand my why. Like I can't, I can't do the work that I do without going on strolls through, you know, the forest and reconnecting or um, understanding you know my body more through yoga or, you know, and, a lot of people will say, okay, oh, I would so, I'd love to do what you, you know, to live how you live. You must have so much time um, at this point. I'm banging my head against the wall. <laughs> but I say, you know, like I actually have the same amount of time that you do. The exact same amount of time. I, I am gutted, but I don't have like this random time tree that I can just pull from. Um, so I have just prioritized my time differently so I can make a lot of my own foods. So I can, it took a long, it took a, you know, years, but so I can restructure my life so I can get to bulk bin stores at certain times. Or And I know that I'm very privileged to do a lot of those things, but, um, you know, I've run a childcare business and this business doing digital communications for other people, um, blogging for myself, um, and I'm still being able to, you know, make these changes. Mm. But with slowing down, and yeah. being conscious and like even the self-care of making a meal and knowing where each ingredient came from and then That's it was huge. raw and you're putting mm. it together like a, you know a lot of people need to, oh, need to go on like a mindfulness retreat it's like no why don't you just like Chill out stroll along the beach exactly so i think it comes hand in hand i think a lot of our um the, the way the world has gotten become in this poor state is because we've just been you know this concept of busy Mm. um and so slowing down means you a you understand why you need to be making these better life choices but you're also you're respecting yourself 
and you're expecting your future generations in this. So it sounds you know, like you're being very intentional are, with all mm, the stuff you're doing. True. You're like, mm. I want to prioritize my time totally. in this way. Yep. And this is the reason why, because there's exactly. all these people overseas who are in factory conditions and yep. I don't want that. Nope. <laughs> totally. Mm. And also like we are part of this environment. Like those people are as close to us as, you know, like or mm. that, that's how I, you know, I personally see the world too. So, you know, we're humans, we're part of this planet and environment. So we just need to have some self-respect and then some, you know. And that's the stuff that we need to mirror because otherwise it's just not Mm. attractive. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, we have a thing we like to do at the end of every episode, Kate, which you will know because it sounds like you've heard an episode Mm. in your time, um, where we like to draw out one uh, we've changed a little bit. It's an attitude now, isn't it, Wave? No. Oh no, one thing. What? Just one? Just anything? It might be an attitude, but but it's kind of like the one thing that you think people could or should do. That would basically the the one thing that would be the most effective change that they could make. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be about clothing. It just in, in terms of saving the planet generally, the one thing you think is the most effective thing for people to do. The one thing. Which I think is most effective is to be kind to other people. Nice. That's interesting. Why? Because if if that is at the root of all that you do, then maybe it's be kind to others, and so others can include animals and the environment and things. So be kind to others. Because if if you hold that, if you you know hold that kind of kindness and compassion then you're going to change your habits in this way. Because, you know, like, I really want the both of you to be able to continue enjoying this beautiful planet. So it would be really disrespectful if I went and got a single-use coffee cup right now because that would be disrespectful to you guys. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like this, you know, human appreciation for this is our place. So let's respect it together. And then we're, if you just be kind, your habits will change. Cool philosophy, Kate. That's really <laughs> Love neat. it. Kindness with Kate. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming here and sharing your story with us and telling us all of this amazing stuff. I've learned a lot, particularly about the fashion aspects. Mm. And you've got so much good stuff to say about mindset and just sort of things around being intentional and prioritizing your time and figuring out what's important, slowing down, looking after yourself. And that kindness thing such a great little button on the whole project. Isn't it? It's really cool. And Kate, where can people go if they are in the fashion industry and they were hearing what you were saying about this group that mm-hmm. you've got going? So if you just search on Facebook, Ethical Fashion Business New Zealand, and then you can, um, you'll answer a few questions to be a part of it and I will approve you. If you are <laughs> if approvable, you are supposed approvable. to be in there. Yes. And what about for Joe Punter, who just wants to follow your exploits and get mm-hmm. inspired by you online? How mm-hmm. do we follow you? So I post most of my things on Instagram. Um, it's just Ethically Kate. Also, Facebook is just Ethically Kate. Um, and obviously, www.ethicallykate.com is me. And my email address and contact details are there so that you can, people ask you know, all sorts of questions all the time. Um, particularly, yeah, Instagram messages. I try to answer each one of them and do my research for people who may ask new questions. Oh, my God. Yeah, find me there. (laughs) Yeah, Find me there, sleep deprived at the bottom of a cup of coffee. Talking ironically about self-care. No, No, I try to walk the walk, but I will answer at some stage. (laughs) 
Thank you very much, Kate. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been a privilege to be here. Awesome. Share this episode around with people who you think should hear it. Um, leave us a, a review and a rating, uh, especially on Apple if you can, because it boosts us up the chart so more people can see us. It'd be really great. And otherwise, just have a lovely day and be kind to others and to yourself. And we will catch you in the next episode of How to Save the World. Bye.